We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 8th, 2009. And today we're primarily regarding current events. We're going to be focusing on the health alerts, particularly with the uh, more swine flu updates. And again, this is absolutely totally new information on a week-to-week basis. I'm, I'm trying to not rehash things we've covered in the past, but there were some major things that happened uh, this week regarding this whole supposed swine flu epidemic. And um, I really wasn't able to uh, focus on this a lot. I, I did an, uh, an interview with Keith Thompson. He's doing a documentary regarding Matreya. Benjamin Krem and H.P. Blavatsky and the whole nine yards. So I was really studying for that. And that will be out in, I believe, a DVD format sometime in the coming future. And I'll, I'll let you know. But um, anyway, it went well, and uh, praise the Lord for that. But this, uh, this information we're going to be getting into today is probably the most heavy-duty information I've even talked about regarding this subject. Uh, and if you've heard the previous teachings, that may sound like an amazing statement, but uh, it just seems to be getting more draconian and malevolent by the week. And uh, the first article is from uh, lookupfellowship.com, I believe, is the website. And it's entitled, Enough is Enough with the Swine Flu Farce. And I'm just going to go ahead and read from that, and uh, we'll just be commenting on the way. <clears throat> We're being deceived daily unless... We're willing to peek behind the curtain. We won't know what hit us when Satan and his schemers are exposed in full view and plain sight. This is a spiritual war, disguised as a carnal one. And the sooner we look at our present-day world in those terms, the better off we'll be. And again, that's what I always want to kind of bring this back to, not focusing so much on the situation, but on the spiritual aspect of it. Because this is truly... A satanic spiritual thing that we're, we're dealing with on a week-to-week basis when we talk about this. goes on to say, we need an eternal perspective, not an earthly one. Most importantly, we must start learning how to fight with our spiritual weapons of warfare because something tells me it's going to get a whole lot worse down here, meaning on earth. We know that these are the end times. We know that the Antichrist is coming. And though, those that are loyal to him, those that are preparing the way for him, believe as he does. That death and destruction is all that matters. So naturally, they'll want to try and kill as many people as possible worldwide. I mean, this is something, again, I've said this before, but this is something that we should be not surprised about, something the Bible clearly predicts in many different places, and um, it, it shouldn't really take us off guard. Really, what it does is confirm Scripture. Most importantly, we must start... Uh, Okay, I'm sorry, I read that part. So naturally, they'll want to try and kill as many people as possible. I wholeheartedly believe the current vaccine is bad, and that even though people aren't dropping dead immediately upon taking it, it will still have some kind of delayed effect. And again, if they just vaccinated everybody and everybody started dropping dead, that would be a little too obvious, particularly with the way you know the media is in today's day and age, I understand the media is controlled, but if everybody started dropping dead at once from a vaccination, that'd be pretty tough to contain, even that, even with our controlled media. Um, so, going further, it says it may have some kind of delayed effect, the vaccine, if not merely containing the RFID Verichip medical device in it. And again, I've talked about this extensively, that 
and we'll talk a little bit more about it today, where the technology is clearly there, where they can use nanotechnology, nanorobots, foreign DNA, foreign RNA, uh, injectable microchips. They can be incorporated into these vaccinations, and you'll never know. You'll never know. And again, that's from that standpoint alone, that's enough reason for, for, for me, uh, or for anyone, I would think, not to take it. You didn't hear about how Verichip's stock rose 184%. It tripled. And as we reported in the previous teaching, Verichip has teamed up with Raytheon, which is the largest defense contractor in America, to produce, um, you know, more microchip technology uh, regarding, I believe it's primarily regarding developing microchips that will identify and go and be able to diagnose different strains of the, of the flu. It'll be the excuse that they use. But here we have the world, America's largest defense contractor in Verichip, most likely the, the makers of the Mark of the Beast. Now they're teaming up. What a match made in hell that is. But that's what we're dealing with in today's day and age. But the Verichip stock actually uh, rose 184%. It tripled recently following the hush-hush announcement that the company said that it had been granted an exclusive license to two patents, which will help it develop implantable virus detection systems in humans. Again, that confirm what I just said. Now, in this particular article, very well written from this Lookup Fellowship, uh, and I will be posting this in PDF format and you can click on, there's a lot of different um, links that you can click on to read more about different phrases that I'll be, like the last one I just stated about Verichip stock rise 184%. There's an embedded link there you can click on and go right to it. So that will be up on um, the uh, Sermon Audio dot com forward slash Dr. Scott Johnson Dr. Scott Johnson. Uh, you'll be able or um, contendingfortruth.com. It'll eventually be up there as well. So that's just something uh, you know more to think about here. So, however, uh, this is going back to this article. I also believe the powers that be, when they say a stronger wave of flu is coming soon, which is what they have been saying that that doesn't mean that I believe it will be a mutated strain of the H1N1. Swine flu. No, I'm starting to think it will be a pure biochemical weapon, originally created or perfected in a lab somewhere. The whole H1N1 swine flu stuff is just a cover story. It goes on to say, why do I say that? Short answer is to watch Europe closely, especially this week. We know that the Ukraine is in the midst of a real genuine health crisis. As of this weekend, 53 people have died of the swine flu. Now, those numbers have been updated, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, it goes on to say, now, there, <clears throat> there, some by what's described as, um, some of the people that are dying are described as having bleeding lungs, which harken back to the 1918 Spanish flu and what they call cytokine storms, where the body's defensive mechanisms overreact and attack the host body itself, like a massive autoimmune reaction. Responding to, our, to the situation, the government is closing down schools, some businesses, banning large gatherings, and is trying to buy another 700,000 doses of the worthless Tamiflu from Roche. And I've talked about Tamiflu a lot in the past. It's been proven to be next to worthless for these types of problems. Um, and they're trying to buy another 700,000 doses. So, you know, the solution on their end is either vaccines or something like Tamiflu, which is just going to perpetuate a worse problem, which is all by design, because they can get rich and a lot of people can die. And you know, Going further, now, 
so you understand what a cytokine storm is because they talk a lot about that and you may be hearing more about that in the press. Cytokine storm is a potentially fatal immune reaction consisting of a positive feedback loop between cytokines and immune cells with highly elevated levels of cytokines. Um, and I'm going to explain what that means here. When the immune system is fighting off pathogens or, or bad guys, let's say that, cytokines signal the immune system, such as T-cells and macrophages, to travel to the site of infection. In addition, cytokines activate those cells. Okay, so they, it's, like they, it's like a uh, key in an engine. They turn them up. They activate them. Uh, they activate the cells, stimulating them to produce more cytokines. Normally, this feedback loop is kept in check by the body. However, in some instances, the reaction becomes uncontrolled, and many immune cells are activated in a single place of the body. The precise reason for this is not entirely understood, but it may be caused by an exaggerated response when the immune system encounters a new or highly pathogenic invader, like what we're talking about today. If it's something bioengineered, your immune system's never saw it, particularly if it's been introduced via the vaccinations, which is, as far as history goes, that's the way it's always been done, uh, at least in recent memory. And we will talk more about that soon as well. Cytokine storms have the potential to do significant damage to body tissues and organs. If a cytokine storm occurs in the lungs, for example, fluid, blood, and immune cells, such as macrophages, may accumulate and eventually block off the airways, potentially resulting in death. Uh, that part about bleeding lungs and similarities in the 1918 uh, Spanish flu is what concerns me. Now, we're back to the article now. Uh, what I just read was from Wikipedia. That was their definition of a cytokine storm. Uh, in the 1918 Spanish flu, it's very, very similar to what we, we may be facing today. It says that this has bioweapon written all over it, meaning a biological weapon released on humanity. The thing we probably should watch over the next few days is how the neighboring countries of, of the Ukraine fare. Already, Hungary's health minister says that the Ukraine flu epidemic to create an emergency is, is to create an emergency in Hungary, Hungary. As it may also do in Romania, Moldova, Slovakia, Poland, Belarus, Russia, and anyone pulling into port from the Black Sea or the Sea of Azov. If you still doubt that things are getting out of hand over there, then I urge you to read how they are literally in panic as the Ukraine authorities were forced to deny what many citizens are claiming as aircraft spraying aerosols over the cities as a sort of forced medication on the population. Martial law is now expected. I believe they're under martial law. I've, I've, there is one report out saying they're under martial law. The really weird thing about this is... Again, I really couldn't research this up until last night, and as I went up on the internet, I'm trying to get up-to-date information, like something that was put out today. And I rechecked it again this morning. I haven't seen any new information posted. Uh, the most current information I have on the Ukraine right now was on the 6th, which was a couple days ago, and I don't really know exactly what's going on. I will give you the most up-to-date information that I've been able to come up with, though. Uh, I just stopped and, and checked again, went up to the governmental websites that we'll be talking about in a little bit here, and no, there is no new information as of the 8th. The, the most current information that I'm seeing is from the 6th, 
and on the one website it's only up to the fourth, the governmental's official statistics from the Ukraine regarding this infection rate. Uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely appears at this point there's a massive cover-up going on. And uh, what's truly going on over there uh, is hard to say at this point because it appears as though there's a media blackout. Now, this next article was recently posted, and it was entitled Panic in the Ukraine. Authorities deny the aircraft that aircraft are spraying aerosols over cities. This is from InfoWars in Ireland. Uh, it says the Office of Emergency Response in the district of Desnan Skio in Kiev are tonight, which was October 30th. Okay, so this was, you know, a ways back here. They were strongly denying reports that light aircraft were spraying a substance over the city intended to, quote, counter a swine flu pandemic in the Ukraine. It was reported that light aircraft were seen all over the forest market area of the city and that they were spraying an aerosol substance intended to, quote, counter swine flu. This, of course, would constitute forced medication of the entire population. Well, they make us breathe the chemtrails, and they're forcing that on us as well. well this is no different. It's just a little more, I believe, uh, more of a step in the, uh, more in the Duconian direction. The editors of local newspapers in Kiev received dozens of phone calls from concerned residents and shop owners in the forced market area of the city reporting that they had observed several light airplanes circling in the sky during the day spraying an unidentified aerosol into the atmosphere. Retailers and local business people reported they were advised to, quote, stay indoors during the day by local authorities. Well, one of the reasons they would want them to stay indoors is so nobody sees the planes. They know they were going to try to keep that to a minimum. Reports of helicopters and light airplanes spraying aerosols over Kiev, LVIV, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that, and Turnipil, and other cities throughout the Ukraine are tonight flooding online forums and websites. Hundreds of people have verified the reports with their own eyewitness accounts. So again, you, you can't, pretty tough to cover up something that, where they're going to be doing uh, this type of uh, pro, pro, program here. Another website provided some impressive investigative reporting into this developing drama. Tonight, the nation of Ukraine is in an absolute state of panic as a mystery illness rips through the country. Some reports are claiming that the mystery illness is more virulent than the H1N1 swine flu. Other reports are linking the mystery illness with typhus, Ebola, hemorrhagic fever, and even the pneumonic plague. Now, harken back, that Steve Quayle had talked about that this was the ultimate thing they were going to release. Um, he said this for quite a while. Some type of combination of H5N1, H1N1, which is the current swine flu, H5N1, which was the avian bird flu, which we heard about, uh, you know, four or five years ago a lot, which has a very, very high kill rate. If you could somehow combine that with an Ebola agent, or again, now we're talking about pneumonic plague, now you've got something that is probably unlike the world's ever seen before. So this is uh, what we're talking about here. Going back to this article, it says, what all the media reports do agree on is that an epidemic is devastating the Ukraine tonight and that a wave of panic is sweeping over the nation. The following is a list of many of the most recent reports that we have received during 
regarding this outbreak. Hopefully there will be additional reports that will clarify the situation in the Ukraine over the next 24 hours. One report says that the mystery illness begins as an ordinary bout of the flu, but after a week the symptoms get far worse. The report says that approximately 40,000 Ukrainians have contacted the disease and about 30 people have died so far. Now, those statistics aren't even remotely accurate um, on what is actually going on right now. Looking on the internet right now, I'm, I'm actually looking at the pandemic monitoring system, RSOE, uh, EDIS. This is an unofficial worldwide pandemic monitoring system. Okay, And I'm looking at the Ukraine country and this pandemic and that there, as of 2-6, which was two days ago, uh, at 1 o'clock, uh, one twenty-three. PM, as of two six two days ago, eight hundred thousand, eight hundred and seventy one thousand. Well, now hold on here. Infected confirmed. Eight hundred and seventy one thousand and thirty five. I'm I'm assuming is what they're saying here. I know it's definitely over eight hundred thousand. This one's saying eight hundred and seventy one thousand approximately. They're confirming 135 dead. Now, whether that dead is, as far as, if that's accurate or not, who knows. Many times, when you see these types of statistics, they're far underestimated. In any type of natural disaster. Um, case in point, like when Charlie came through here, that hurricane that, that, that hit um, uh, Port Charlotte, Punta area near where I live. When it came through here, you know, they said it was some unbelievably low amount of deaths that they said that we had, you know, it was like under 10, I think, and there were first-hand eyewitness accounts I had heard from people that lived down there that were were saying that there were dead bodies all over the place, and they what they're trying to do is they cover up these types of things, they always, always, always downplay the body counts, so how much of that, this is what they're admitting to, so normally they're, they're going to admit to something far less than what's really going on. Uh, if we go further here, and I'm going to be getting a little bit more into these statistics a little bit more later. Um, Ukrainian Prime Minister Tymoshenko has ordered schools and cinemas closed and has banned public gatherings for three weeks. We, we knew about that from last week. Uh, to try to contain the spread of the mystery virus. Uh, the Kiev Post is reporting that Ukraine's health ministry has not yet determined whether the recent deaths are related to the H1N1 swine flu, but they have admitted they have admitted to sending more than 1,200 doses of Tamiflu to Western Ukraine. See, they're not admitting, they're, they're saying, yes, it's H1N1, but they're not really being dogmatic about it whatsoever. And we're going to look at why it almost could not be H1N1, unless it is totally, totally mutated or absolutely, totally different strain has appeared. The World Health Organization has announced that it's sending a team of experts to the Ukraine. Oh, I'm sure that'll, it's like the fox guard in the hen house. They're going to be investigating reports of this H1N1 disease. There are rumors that the mystery illness could be connected to typhus or e- Ebola, hemorrhagic fever, are circulating in the Ukraine. Now, there's links to every one of these phrases I'm stating. There's different links to different stories where they're talking about this. And for the time's sake, we just don't have to go, we don't have the time to go into each one today, but I wanted to give you the overview One international media report claims that the Ukraine Ministry of Health has not established 
the exact diagnosis of the epidemic disease in the western regions of the Ukraine yet, but that pneumonic plague is suspected. I'm going to be talking more about that soon. In fact, right now. Pneumonic plague is one of the three main forms of plague, all of which are caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis. It is more virulent and rarer than bubonic plague, this pneumonic. Okay, And pneumonic is spelled P-N-E-U-M-O-N-I-C. And again, this will all be available in the PDF that um, I'll be putting up on the internet. So, it's, um, it is more virulent and rarer than bubonic plague. The difference between the versions of the plague is simply the, vo- the location of infection. Pneumonic plague is an infection in the lungs. See, that's what pneumo, that word means, is lungs. Okay? I have a product that I, I prescribe, uh, a nutritional product, and it's called pneumotrophin, PMG, and it's for the lungs because it has pneumo. So... Um, the pneumonic plague is an infection in the lungs. Bubonic plague is an infection of the bubios or the lymph nodes, while septemic plague is an infection in the bloodstream. So this pneumonic is isolated to the lungs. Typically, the pneumonic form of plague is due to a secondary spread from an advanced infection of an initial bubonic form. I don't think that's the case, though, in this what we're talking about here. Uh, primarily, pneumonic plague results from the inhalation of fine infective droplets and can be transmitted from human to human without involvement of fleas or animals. Now, this is the ideal thing they would like to have. Something that is transmitted via um, coughing, lung droplets, these types of things, sneezing. Because if you're in a space and then you inhale that same air, then you become infected. And... Uh, goes on to say, untreated pneumonic plague has a very high fatality rate. That was from uh, uh, another definition from Wikipedia regarding that. Martial law in the Ukraine, now this is the next story, is entitled, Martial law in the Ukraine, President announces arrests of opponents of forced vaccination and quarantines uh, carry out a coup d'etat under pandemic emergency pretext. This is from uh, just the 5th, November 5th. and it goes on to say the Ukrainian president, Yushchenko, has issued a statement strongly suggesting that the government is preparing to carry out mass forced vaccinations with the untested swine flu jab. So here's what they do. They go up there and they aerosol the place with some type of um, virulent chemtrail, infect everybody, create the problem, and then give them the forced solution with the vaccines, which will be the second part of this binary agent that will just totally put you over the edge. Now, see, we didn't have chemtrails back in 1918, 1919. The people that got the vaccinations from the research that I've been able to come up with from medical doctors admitting it in their own reports and on-hand, first-hand eyewitness observers, they were saying the only people that got the Spanish flu of 1918 that killed anywhere from... You know, the the statistics are only from 40 to 100 million people. The only ones that died then were the ones that got vaccinated. I think it was a little more overt then. I don't think they want to quite be that overt now. They don't have to be. They've got double ways they can do this. They can use the chemtrails, and then they can use the vaccination. 
In that way, it's a little more subtle because they're not just, it's not like giving somebody a cyanide tablet and they drop dead right there. They want to be more subtle than that. So going further, uh, and again, all of this stuff that we're talking about, there's all links to the actual original stories that we're, we're talking about here. This um, president said he had ordered key medical officials who allowed political protests against the government to continue in the city of Kiev to be arrested under the pretext they were jeopardizing public health. Well, that's what's coming to the world eventually. You know, you will not be able to speak out against the government. They'll have some great reason, like, oh, you're endangering public health. How dare you say we can't be vaccinated with this poison? How dare you try to actually put the truth out there? He goes on to say, I have addressed, this is the president, direct quote, he says, I have addressed the prosecutor general of the Ukraine with the request to institute criminal charges of negligence committed by, first of all, Chief Sanitary Inspector, Kiev City Sanitarium and the officials, he said. Furthermore, he strongly suggested that democracy in the Ukraine was about to be uprooted and replaced by a military rule under a special interdepartmental commission that follows order from the WHO, the World Health Organization, and the UN. See, this is all we need to have to have global government. Just this, by itself, is it. Because I know, like, in, in our case... Uh, President Bush has already signed, and we've talked about this a lot in the past, he's already signed treaties before Obama ever got into office where under a pandemic, we can totally go under UN and World Health Organization. They, they can literally become the governing body of the United States. And I'm sure that's, that legislation is in place just about every place else as well. Then he goes on to say, we must change the system. We must change the entire system of government in the Ukraine. See, this is going to be their excuse. We have to change it. We have to have the UN and the WHO, two of the most wicked, most demonic, demon-infested organizations on the planet, come in and save us. Right, like that's going to happen. Going further... uh, Back to this original article. Then he goes on to say, Ever heard of a man by the name of Joseph Moshi? Today the mainstream media are not talking about this case anymore. On August 13, 2009, they wanted us to believe that Joseph Moshi was a nutcase and a terrorist arrested for threatening to bomb the White House. Interestingly, detail about this arrest, which was called the Westwood Standoff, was that it seemed to be immune... He seemed to be immune to the five cans of tear gas and five gallons of law enforcement grade pepper spray pepper spray they pumped into his face. Keep that in mind for a moment. Now, I don't know. They never, under, they never fully explain how he was able to do that in this article. But to me, that's neither here nor there. I want to kind of stay on point here. But he remained calmly in his car as the video footage of his arrest shows. And there's two links here. You can go watch the arrest. The story appears to have vanished and absolutely no follow-up by the mainstream media. The story raises many questions as to who was Joseph Moshe, how could he withstand several assaults of tear gas, why the secrecy. Um, We may have a pretty simple answer to each one. Of course, he never answers how he was able to withstand the tear gas. Moshe has been called, was called into a live radio show by Dr. True A. Ott, um, broadcast on Republic 
Broadcasting, claiming to be a microbiologist who wanted to supply evidence to the state's attorney regarding the taint in H1N1 swine flu vaccines being produced by Baxter Biopharma Solutions. The day after Moshe phoned the radio show, a SWAT team surrounded his Volkswagen Beetle near the federal building near the Israeli consulate. The consulate was apparently Moshe's destination. The federal building was locked down at noon and the employees were told to stay inside. The mainstream media spun a story that Moshe had threatened the White House with a bomb and that there were, there were outstanding warrants, uh, misdemeanors against him, and that he was depressed. That, I mean, you, you know, always send out SWAT teams to deal with depressed guys, right? I mean, that's just standard procedure, you know. Just got to get him on Prozac. He's got a Prozac deficiency. We've got to correct that. And we need to use a SWAT team to do it. Makes sense to me. I don't know about you, but, you know. So, going further, uh, there was no mention that Moshi was a microbiologist or the information he presided, provided on Dr. Truott's radio show about the vaccine by Baxter. This resulted in an eight-hour standoff, a large armored military vehicle with a microwave weapon, a robot, and other equipment equipment were brought in. It was reported that the electronics of the Volkswagen and Moshi's cell phone were disabled by a microwave weapon. Moshi sat peacefully in the car, smoking for several hours before a robot broke a rear glass window of his car. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they used the excuse that he had some kind of, uh, who knows. I mean, why would they do all, why would they go through all this semantics to, to uh, deal with this guy? Maybe they thought that he had, uh, a virus or something with him? Who knows? Or maybe that was an excuse. Uh, so this robot broke through the back of his windshield to try to communicate with him. The police eventually fired four volleys of tear gas into the window of his Volkswagen. But Moshi remained inside the car and briefly wound down the passenger window to let out the fumes. I don't know. Maybe the guy wasn't human. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, Police broke the driver's side window of the Volkswagen and tasered Moshi. How is any of this relevant to what's going on in the Ukraine today? Well, Moshe claimed that the Baxter lab in the Ukraine was in fact preparing a bioweapon disguised as a vaccine. Oh, I said all that to say that. Okay, He maintained that the vaccine contained both adjuvants designed to weaken the immune system. Remember adjuvants like squalene? We talked a lot about that. Neurotoxin. Um designed to weaken the immune system and replicated RNA, ribonucleic acid, that's what that stands for, from the virus responsible for the 1918 Spanish flu global pandemic. Okay, so they, what, in other words, we've talked a lot about this. They've, they've resurrected the H3N2 Spanish flu virus of 1918-1919, and um, that, that virus they're, they're um, going to uh, insert back in, in some way, shape, or form, either into the vaccines or most likely into this aerosol spraying. Uh, and that version was intended to cause gl- global sickness and mass death. This is what Baxter's agenda was, a, a, an agenda of death. Not to make light of the story, but the evidence appears to suggest that Baxter International is responsible for a new deadly outbreak of viral pneumonia in the Ukraine. In February of 2009, Bloomberg reported that Baxter accidentally sent vaccine material containing both live avian bird flu, the H5N1, which is, has a over 60% kill rate, and the seasonal influenza to multiple laboratories worldwide. 
a laboratory decided to test the vaccine on its ferrets, but the ferrets all unexpectedly died. It must be noted that Baxter has made a mistake like this before. Blood products produced by Baxter once contained HIV AIDS virus. Thousands of hemophiliacs died due to this, and many went on to infect their spouses. So, they have got this unbelievably horrific... I mean, all the people in management there should all be in jail. But yet, they're allowed to go on and continue. And and this is the cover-up that we're dealing with here. And yes, it really is this bad. And it's probably a lot worse. We're just not even getting the full story now. As David... Rothscombe astutely notes, he says, quote, It must be noted that a massive number of microbiologists have been dying bizarre deaths for years. Steve Quayle has a whole uh, section on his website that it says, it's just entitled Dead Scientists. So there's a link there on his website. And uh, you can go and click on them and look at all the, the dead scientists there are that were surrounding, that, that have been, they've been knocking them off for years goes on to say, this case of what appears to be brave men who sacrificed it all to bring us this message may explain why so many microbiologists have been murdered. The fact that this man managed to predict an outbreak of a highly lethal influenza in a place where we'd least expect it, like in the Ukraine, two months before it actually occurred, lends credence to his claim that Baxter International is responsible for the outbreak and shows that top microbiologists can pose a problem to the people responsible for this ongoing disaster. Thus, that's why they have to be killed, or totally discredited at bare minimum. Can you really say that you'd be surprised if it turns out that all that we were reporting is totally legitimate? And I mean that, he said that statement, but I mean that statement regarding all the teachings I've ever done on avian flu and swine flu. Would you really be surprised if you found out it was all Everything that we reported on was legitimate. I mean, maybe not every tiny detail, but in totality, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised. I wish it weren't so, but it sure is looking like it's, it's all true. Then he goes on to say, look, we know that this is a spiritual war. We know who our real enemy is. Don't let this force you into a fetal position. Let this force you to your knees in fierce prayer. Our Lord is our defender and our deliverer. He will protect and avenge us. Let's cry to him uh, using Psalm 91. It's a model prayer for these turbulent times. And again, we read Psalm 91 last week. I've also done a teaching on Psalm 64 up on Sermon Audio um, called Psalm 64, A Christian's Door of Hope. Uh, And a lot of the other scriptures that you need to commit to memory you know, regarding this, and putting on the full armor of God, and, and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, who are pulling down the strongholds, and, and there are battles not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities. See, there, these princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness, Satan, they're behind this. I mean, understand, maybe there's flesh and blood people, but they're essentially... Um, I think they're just about on autopilot anymore. Why I say that is I'm I'm saying the people that could perpetuate something like this have to be demon-possessed. I mean, what other conclusion could you come to? How could you possibly unleash something like this on humanity and have any conscience whatsoever? Uh, And then he goes on to say, always remember the truth, Matthew 28, 
Matthew 10:28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are able to kill the soul, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Now that's not a fun verse that you know you're going to hear quoted much in the church, but it's in the Bible, and this is why I believe fear of God is something we need to pray for if you don't have it. If you think God's the, the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, you, if you think they're the big guy in the sky, then you need to pray for fear of God. Also, with fear of God, the Bible says, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. So these are all very important things. A lot of blessings are connected with fear, fear of God. Now, this update he's got on here, um, which really isn't an update to the Ukrainian situation, but I'm, I'm going to play some clips from this, this audio. You're not going to believe this. Uh, to give you a little overview, it's laughter, you'll hear, as dignitaries discussing making vaccines mandatory and tricking the public into taking it. This is a recording of a recent Council on Foreign Relations Symposium podcast, which reveals attendees discussing ways and means of getting the public to take the H1N1 vaccine in spite of the mass resistance that has arisen due to questions over its safety. The recording dates are from October 16th, when the CFR, Council of Foreign Relations, held a symposium in New York entitled Pandemic Influenza, Science, Economics, and Foreign Policy. During part of the discussion, and there's an official transcript you can see, you can click on, um, during part of this discussion on whether or not the vaccine should be made mandatory for healthcare workers and school children, Lone Simonson, research professor and research director at the global at the department of global health george washington university suggests creating an artificial scarcity in order to ramp up the demand for the vaccine uh, now understand that's total lies well, let's let's say why don't we say that there's a scarcity that way more people will want it i mean how sickening and then he goes on to say this is a quote i think that would work better I think what would work better would be to say that there was a shortage and people tend to buy more of something that's in demand. And then they hear laughter in the background. Now I'm going to play the clip. And then it goes on to say, he goes on to say, we saw that there was one season where really people lined up all night to get a flu shot. End of quote. Why? Because they create a scarcity. Oh, if, if, if it's scarce, then it must be good. Simonson says, much to the amusement of the other attendees at the symposium, the entire recording is on the CFR website, but an edited version appears in this short video. So, I'm going to go ahead and play some clips. And there's more to it than just these quotes. There's some other quotes you'll be hearing. And uh... Okay, so we're going to start playing this now. Thank you for downloading this Council on Foreign Relations podcast. CFR is an independent national membership organization and nonpartisan research center. Good morning. My name is Lori Garrett, and you are here in the Council on Foreign Relations in New York. I am the senior fellow for global health here at the Council on Foreign Relations. With us today is a stellar group of scientists, analysts, journalists, and as usual at the Council on Foreign Relations, a highly diverse and intelligent audience. Oh, she forgot to mention Satan. He was in attendance too. And, and Lord Maitreya. Sorry. 
throw that in. So they're saying here at the heart of this discussion was how to get the American public to take the unpopular H1N1 vaccines. John Moore from Cornell Medical School. So I think we're all aware that the anti-vaccine movement is having a field day in, uh, on the internet and on media outlets like Fox News and so on and causing uh, <laughs> reductions in, in vaccine uptake. And it appears to be a um, pretty unholy alliance of the ultra-right and the ultra-left working together in a sort of Hitler-Stalin pact. Um, okay, notice, he says it's a, an unholy alliance between the extreme right and the extreme left in a Hitler-Stalin pact. Isn't it amazing that the very things that they use and the very tactics that they end up using, they accuse us of doing uh, regarding the Hitler-Stalin thing in particular. So, uh, the Bible says, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. So, they're calling the anti-vaccine movement unholy. Like, they're the quintessential essence of what is all unholy. Okay, truly, this is um, nothing more than a genocidal plan to decimate the planet and to impose martial law and a world government. This is the first and probably major stepping stone toward that. And yet, he has the audacity to make that that comment. So let's go further. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that we're, we're counting. See, they think it's hilarious, this, this unholy, what they call an unholy alliance in all of this stuff. So they're just laughing at us, essentially. Entering these people very well. And you have to take these people on in a different style than scientists are used to. We, we have to develop better sound bites. We have to develop better... Um, discussion or well, you, know, you can't really debate these people but you have to develop better the reason that we can't be debated is because the truth is on our side and he's saying they're going to develop better sound bites you know if you had the science to prove and back up what you were saying if you had you know let's say double blind studies if you would actually uh, be able to prove that there weren't toxic things in the vaccinations, even then it wouldn't be right, okay? I just don't believe in the whole concept of immunity from the outside being injected in. Um, it doesn't make sense from a uh, biblical standpoint. There's never been a biblical precedent for it. And God gave us an, an incredible functioning immune system. It's just a matter of does that immune system have the right tools in order to operate. It shouldn't have to depend on some foreign substance being injected into us which causes massive autoimmune reactions and then all of the other poisons that our body has to end up dealing with. Things like mercury, formaldehyde, they're growing some of these vaccinations off literally off aborted babies, off aborted fetal cell lines. Uh, we've got the squalene, we've got different detergents. There, there's green Reese's monkey kidneys, one of the mediums that they'll, they'll use. Um, now we have the concept of nanotechnology, um, nanorobots, injectable microchips. I mean, it is an absolute witch's brew abomination. And you, you can't deny it, but again, they're trying to find a way around this, how they term an anti-vaccine movement. Counter methods. And I, for example... Okay, let's go, let's skip ahead here uh, to a little bit further. We're going to hear a quote from Obama, and uh, we'll see what he has to say about this. ...1F2, and that is missing in the 2009 virus. We're also making steady progress on developing a safe and effective H1N1 
flu vaccine, and we expect a flu shot program will begin soon. This program will be completely voluntary, completely voluntary, completely voluntary, completely voluntary, completely voluntary. Good morning, uh, Rory Lansman. I'm a member of the New York State Assembly. Okay, now we're going back to this Council on Foreign Relations podcast meeting that we're listening into. A hearing, a 12-hour hearing on H1N1 earlier this week, and much of it focused on the, the mandatory vaccination that the New York State Department of Health has ordered of almost all health uh, care workers in New York State. And I was wondering if uh, you could offer an opinion on whether you think such a policy is, uh, is effective and, and sound. I have a very strong opinion. <laughs> and that is, I think that's appropriate. Completely voluntary. Completely voluntary. Completely voluntary. Completely voluntary. The news media is hyping the swine flu as though it's the next death mission, and everybody's getting frightened. And uh, from Do you agree with that? No, I don't. From what I've seen, uh, certainly some vulnerable people have died, but not masses of people. Now, they're just interviewing people on the street in New York. Now, understandably, yes. Up until this point, it's been pretty much a joke. But remember, they're preparing us for something a whole lot bigger and I think we're getting a test run right now in the Ukraine, right on cue. Okay, so bear that in mind. A lot of these people that are saying this now could be easily swayed to the other side, particularly if they're not educated on the issue. When things really start to get bad. Like the Black Plague or anything. They've got sound bites here saying that, that, or not sound bites, but just little word doc, documents up on the screen where they're saying most of the Americans are not buying in to the swine flu scam and they're not taking uh, the vaccines. Uh, and then it goes on to say, however, there are those who are buying into the scam and do intend to vaccinate themselves and their families, unfortunately. But there are those who are on the fence about the vaccine and what do the experts recommend to get them to take the flu shot. I think what would work better would be to, to, if they, to say that there was a shortage and people tend to line up more for, for something that they meant. You saw that there was one season where... I mean, is that unbelievable? Did you just hear that? They're, they're laughing about, just let's just lie and claim there's a shortage, and that'll get people to line up. That'll get the sheeple people to line up, and we'll be able to inject the black death or whatever they're planning into us. I mean, that should be, that should make people outraged, that last statement alone. Uh, but, and again, I was glad, I'm so glad we were actually able to capture this on an audio, uh, because their words, you know, they've just indicted themselves. They've, they've done tons to indict themselves. And when I say they, I mean whatever you want to call them. The globalist elite, uh, the Illuminati, the Luciferians that, that essentially are, are, you know, the 13 families of the Illuminati, high-ranking people in, in government, in different various uh, functions of, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies and health departments worldwide. These are the people that we're dealing with. Really, people lined up all night right. to get a flu shot, and uh, I mean, I 
And with supplies of the vaccine running low, doctors around the country are now finding themselves overrun with nervous parents. Here's ABC's Rachel Martin. For weeks, doctors' offices around the country have been fielding a flurry of phone calls. We do not have any H1N1 available at our office at this time. Telling patients the same thing. We are out of the first shot vaccine right now. 8 a.m. the next day, Swanson is in the office calling patients to tell them the vaccine is in, but supplies won't last. And we need to protect Michael. He's going to be one of those kids that could end up in the hospital, and I don't think we want that. By 10 a.m., the waiting room is full. With the vaccine now in short supply, parents are lining up in doctor's offices like this one, hoping to get their questions answered and their kids vaccinated. I think what would work better would be to, to, if to say that there was a shortage and people tend to line up more for, for something that they demand. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that there was one season where really people lined up all night right. to get a flu shot. And there, I mean, okay, so again, we just played this sound clip again in sandwiched in between one of the news reports that was on the Today Show, which was what you were hearing before. Uh, and again, this isn't my imagination. This isn't um, something we're making up. This is something they're openly admitting to. And not only are they openly admitting to, they're taking action. They're actually doing this very thing. I mean, that's the thing you hear about now regarding the swine flu. Oh, we just got a limited supply. And who are they trying to take out? It seems to be who they're trying to take out first. Pregnant women and children. Why? Because they're trying to destroy the next generation. I mean, that's the most direct way to go after the next generation. I mean, uh, a lot of the, also, the things that are in the vaccinations, if, even if it doesn't kill you right off the bat, uh, I believe most of these people are going to be sterilized from the squalene alone. Squalene has been used in other studies, we reported on this in times past, uh, in animals to sterilize animals. So that's one of, not only is it a, you know, a neurotoxin and, and totally toxic to the system and was probably the main cause of Gulf War Syndrome, but... It also sterilizes you. So, this is the world we're living in. I'm letting this report run now again. Do you think that the people who are making it are putting it out in controlled amounts so that it is producing this demand? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the drug companies that are making money at this. Who's making money at the end of the day? Okay, again, they're just interviewing a man off the street. Uh... So, the participating members of this Council of Foreign Relations Symposium include Arnold Monto, Professor, Epidemiology, University of Michigan. Participating members of the Council of Foreign Relations Symposium include Peter Pelles, Lone Simonson, Researcher, Professor, and Research Director. Uh, George, We already talked about her. The other one's Peter Palais, professor and chair of microbiology and professor of medicine, infectious diseases, Mount Sinai, School of Medicine. I mean, these are some pretty heavy hitters that we're dealing with here at this Council of Foreign Relations. The participating members of the Council of Foreign Relations Symposium also include John Cohen, correspondent, Science Magazine presider. Okay, that's it for the video. But um, anyway, I thought that that was important to play that. The, the audacity is just unbelievable. I, I, I'm really surprised they would let that be recorded and have a transcript of it. It's almost like really they've gotten to the point where uh, 
they're like, we don't really care if you know anymore. We really don't care. Our agenda is so far advanced. We're so brazen. Things are so far along. We're not even going to try to hide it anymore. See, you couldn't get away with this 20 years ago if you were try to expose something at this level. But now, they don't even really try to stop you anymore. You know, Granted, yeah, they can still have their media blackouts like they're doing right now in the Ukraine and things of this nature. But... As far as their agenda goes, I think they're going to communicate it a little bit ahead of time, uh, which is a tenet of the Kabbalah. It's a, it's a tenet of Luciferianism, where you let your enemy know their impending doom and demise prior to whatever you're going to implement. You, it's just part of their religious system. And we've talked about this a lot in the past. The next article is entitled um, Ukraine and World Mnemonic Plague Information. Now, this is off the government's own uh, website. The official announcement of the sick people with the mysterious plague virus is now up to um, 871,000, up from just under a half a million yesterday. So again, this was on uh, the 6th, two days ago. On the 5th, there was 500,000. On the 6th, there was 871,000. We're not dealing most likely with H1N1, because the H1N1 has not done that up until now, unless it massively mutated. And isn't it kind of funny, right before this all happened, they had this massive aerosol spraying that was where there were probably thousands of eyewitnesses to this. And then all of a sudden, now they've got this unbelievably virulent mutated strain. And it's in the same country where Baxter, Baxter's Pharmaceutical is located. And they've already been um, caught producing tainted vaccines. You know, it's. I, I think the Lord lets this stuff come out as well, so people are warned, because it's so flagrant and it's so obvious, I don't know, you know, what more we could say there. Um, now, she goes on to say, they're reporting on this web on this governmental website. And again, this website has not been updated. The, the numbers that I'm seeing up there are um, they're they're not current. They're not current. But the link above is going to the old numbers for some reason. Um, they don't have the latest numbers of eight hundred thousand. Well, I can tell you though, there is one site that I was able to find where where I had just read to you that the numbers were. Um, it's the pandemic monitoring system. And the numbers were over 800,000, and that was confirmed. But even that website is only um, current up to the 6th, which is two days ago. As of 11-4, they reported that there was 478,456 people infected. As of today, 11-6, there were 871 and 37. So almost, almost a doubling of the amount of infections in two days. They go on to say, I would like to add the official World Health Organization numbers for H1N1 of people affected are just over 400,000 worldwide combined numbers. Okay, Yet in the Ukraine, that many are being affected almost overnight. Now that truly is a pandemic. It's a bioengineered, by design pandemic. But you know, when, you have, when you have numbers... Now, granted, we also, uh, what's very, very important also is what is the death rate, okay? Um, I don't think we're getting an accurate death rate at this point. 
At some point, the officials will have to admit they have pneumonic plague spreading. They are, they are going to need to be honest about the deaths also. I doubt that will happen. Their numbers are not matching what the sources have said inside the hospitals. At what point will their medical system break down due, an, due to an overload of sick people besides the medical personnel becoming sick? And again, this whole chemtrail thing is kind of a wild card because they didn't have that back in 1918-1919. All they had were the vaccines. So, uh, the it's well known, many medical doctors in the U.S. have stated this, that when, when this happens, that the hospitals will be totally overwhelmed overnight. So, the, the hospitals will be absolutely totally overwhelmed overnight. They will not be able to handle the patient load. They can't do it. So, um, you need to be as prepared as you can be prior to that. Even if you don't get vaccinated, I don't know how much the chemtrailing is really going to have an impact. It may have a huge impact. Um, even if you don't get vaccinated, this is why you want to have your immune system functioning at an optimal level. I don't believe if, you, um, if you've been vaccinated is when you're really going to have to worry about the cytokine storm, where you have this massive autoimmune spike. But the chemtrailing alone, they, they can introduce that into the air, and it can be a massive problem. So, you know, you want to have the things um, on hand, survival supplies. And we've went over this a lot in times past. Water, food. Um, I would advise having, you know, the 5,000 part per million and 5 miles of a protein on hand. Now, pandemic dosages, if you were actually infected, okay, and it would depend on the severity. If you had the Ebola type, the kind where you're bleeding from the from the lungs and this type of thing, what you're going to want to do, I, I would do, the, the, the dosage ranges for a pandemic, life-threatening, are one teaspoon to one tablespoon per 30 pounds of body weight per day. Okay? If it was life-threatening and you were going to die, because this stuff can kill you literally in a day if, if, they, if you had it, particularly pneumonic plague regarding the lungs, particularly if it's bioengineered, I would probably say the one tablespoon dosage, I would pull out all stops per 30 pounds of body weight per day on the 5,000 part per million in vibe. I'm, I'm just telling you that's what I would think would be the best uh, thing you could possibly do uh, in order to fight that off. The Invive acts as a secondary immune system in the body. Okay, It doesn't act really so much as an immune stimulant, like we're talking about with the cytokine storm. It acts as a secondary, independent immune system in the body, which really, trying to analyze this situation, I think that would be the ideal thing you could have if you were infected. Um, you don't want to, you're not going to want to take something that's going to spike, cause the cytokine reaction to go worse. Okay, yes, you want an optimally functioning immune system, and this may, again, what I'm talking about here may not even be an issue, because as history shows, it's the people that were vaccinated that got sick. So what I'm telling you right now may not even be an issue, because if you don't get vaccinated, there's a high likelihood you're not going to be dealing with this. I'm just talking worst-case scenario if it did happen, if they figured out a way to infect even non-vaccinated people. I'm saying it for that reason, okay? Uh, so, let's go further. This is from Global Research, and they say, this is just a little part of their article. 
Uh, actually, I tell you what, I'm going to probably. I'm going I'm to read this and then I'm going to go to part two here. Uh, this is the Who Continues to Deceive assumes the Ukrainian plague is the H1N1 swine flu. The World Health Organization is continuing to deceive the world by stating sweeping assumptions about the Ukraine pandemic. Despite huge differences in transmission and death rates, the agency stated Tuesday that it was valid to assume that most cases of the influenza reportedly combing through the Ukraine were caused by the pandemic H1N1 virus. There is very little left to be respected of, of, the, of the World Health Organization after months of using junk science and contradictions to conceal actual swine flu cases, they are now in the launching phases of the and the launching phase two of their deceptive operation, which is convincing the world that a more lethal strain of the flu is still the same H1N1 virus. Well, they've got a lot invested in the H1N1 swine flu virus. I mean, that's what they've, where they've got all their eggs in that one basket right now. It's really not an H5N1 anymore, avian flu. Now, granted, I understand that could change overnight. But right now, they've got a lot invested in H1N1. Infectious disease expert Donald Lau explained that the chances of the Ukrainian pandemic being the same H1N1 virus that infected the world are very low. He goes on to state the statistical probability of this being the same H1N1 virus are infinitesimally small. Dr. Lau stated that the high viral transmission rates are extremely unusual for H1N1, and there is almost certainly some type of either new virus or lethal recombination that has occurred. Or, if it's pneumonic plague, we're dealing with a bacterium. Okay, so... Uh, let's... I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we'll go to part two next.